helping your family through post-traumatic stress on this edition of Truth in Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Joining us today on the podcast is Dr. Greg Gifford. Greg is a professor of biblical counseling at the Masters University. He has recently finished his PhD studies at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. I had the privilege of working with Greg on his dissertation topic. Uh, it's a fascinating topic. I can't wait to hear more about that in the future. Uh, but that's not our subject today. Uh, Dr. Gifford, we want to welcome you to the podcast and then talk today about post-traumatic stress. This is a popular topic in the culture in which we live. Uh, we as the church need to have a robust response and answer how to care for uh, folks who deal with uh, post-traumatic stress. First thing that I think we have to do uh, in order to set up our discussion is defining trauma. There's There are all kinds of ways in which uh, people categorize trauma, the issues that they're struggling with, using that word uh, trauma. Let's see if we can define trauma. What, what constitutes post-traumatic stress? That's a good question because sometimes trauma is a bit elusive. And what I mean by that is a traumatic moment uh, in one person's life can be the actual exposure to physical violence, threats of violence, abuse, uh, whatever nature that looks like. But trauma in another person's life may be that they've heard of this or they've been threatened by this or that those events have occurred in the life of a family member, someone close to them. That both of those, according to the APA, would be a trauma. And so now when we think post-trauma, we start to wrestle with, well, what is traumatic? And, And some of that comes down to the way that a person is perceiving and interpreting that original event or that original trauma. So as we think about a definition, there are certainly thresholds that would would push us into an understanding of uh, of post-traumatic stress. What are culturally some of the trends that you're seeing and that you understand uh, relative to post-traumatic stress? So what we see is a trend taking place towards primarily a military understanding of trauma. Historically, that hasn't always been so. For instance, this began as uh, was associated with a a railway incident or injury. And then it morphed into now an understanding of shell shock, which then morphed into PTSD and the DSM-3. But now, as we're seeing this trend towards a military PTSD or combat-related PTSD, we're starting to see this be a bit more uh, civilianized. I don't know if that's the right way of describing it, but that those who are outside of combat are affected by trauma. So that's abuse, that's car accidents, that's natural disasters. Things of that nature would all qualify. So really, it started in the civilian realm, went towards military, primarily combat emphasis, and then we're starting to see this variegated aspect of trauma as being not only those who are in combat, but you could be a military member not engaged in combat who experiences trauma, or more from a civilian perspective of various aspects of, like I just mentioned, uh, abuse, natural disasters, car accidents, and so forth. So the expansion of some of those trends that you just mentioned 
might make it unnecessarily common when we start to think about trauma. When we talk about post-traumatic stress, we're, we're talking about uh, folks who have endured uh, particular types of trauma. And so that gets us to the question, because our di- desire certainly is to, to help people. But in order for us to think about remedy and how to help people, we first have to think in categories of causes. And I know as we even begin that discussion to think about etiology and the causes of, of post-traumatic stress, um, man, we get into lots of different areas. But just talk about a couple of those um, proposed causes of post-traumatic stress. When you think of causes, this is one of the highly debated areas within PTSD because there are, there are so many unknowns. For instance, gray matter is suggested, uh, some of it's through TBIs, to where gray matter that develops uh, is a reason for PTSD. Some would say that there are immaterial components. Uh, this is kind of the pre-trauma dispositions, uh, everything from socioeconomic status to gender and so forth, that part of the reason why you interpret it as trauma is based off of some of these immaterial components. Um, some of it's societal, so that part of the culture in which you live, your regularity of exposure to trauma will affect the way that you interpret trauma. So that's why it's, it's highly debated. Uh, there are very few people who actually are dogmatic about a cause or a single source of where trauma comes from because there's, there's so much that's unknown. So the way that I think you hear good news and clarity out of that is that when you read through the pages of Scripture, you see a lot of this as well, that you see significant, dare we say, traumatic moments throughout the pages of Scripture, and we see how God has divinely ordained responses in each of those moments illustrated for us in Scripture. So that sets the stage for, okay, etiology is is debatable right now. Some of it's body, some of it's immaterial components. But we can still have clarity on our responses going forward. Yeah, I think that's right. We're even seeing a, a movement uh, with the military, Veterans Affairs, describing uh, post-traumatic stress in terms of moral injury when uh, the moral component had kind of been pushed aside in the past. Right. But but now we're seeing that. Talk about how that changes the scope of the way we think about post-traumatic stress. Right. I actually appreciate an emphasis on morality. And what's interesting is Sigmund Freud suggested some of this in the early 1900s, that there is this inner conflict between a soldier's id and ego that's creating this. So he has this peacetime and this wartime inner consciousness, and they're clashing with each other. And that's what's creating a post-traumatic stress. So there's something right in morality, not that I would agree with Freud or his perspectives, but there's something right in understanding that there are a lot of moral issues that surround PTS or PTSD. That's why there's guilt, there's regret, there's often a rehashing of the original traumatic moment. There are different mullings over of what it would be like if things were done differently. And some of those are swirling around a moral decision that was made in that traumatic moment. So when we talk about moral injury, we're just talking about this idea of a person sinning against their conscience. So when you, when you understand it in that light, we understand that God has given each individual a conscience and that it, it can be very dangerous to sin against it. And that there are those who have potentially sinned against their conscience in that original traumatic moment. So it's, it's an opportunity for the gospel to shine as we say, well, in light of what may have happened in the past, how can forgiveness be sought in Christ? through authentic repentance, and then now faithful living going forward. 
So big picture, I see something good in morality. I see something good in making it a moral conversation, partly because we're not making it entirely physiological. And we're also asking, what was that person's response in the original trauma? So at ACBC, one of the things that we want to focus on are biblical solutions. And certainly when we think about post-traumatic stress and how many people are affected uh, individually or familially in, with this idea of post-traumatic stress, uh, we, we want to be able to provide hope and change uh, an outlook that's different than the world they're living in now. I've heard you talk in the past about uh, interpretation of traumatic events and how effectual that can be as we think biblically through traumatic events. We don't want to dismiss the fact that we endure trauma in a fallen human world, uh, but we still have to deal with it appropriately. Can you just talk for a second about how we deal with uh, traumatic events, legitimate traumatic issues that we deal with in life, uh, and how we help somebody through that to now have hope and change. Right. That's the basic thesis of my book, Helping Your Family Through PTSD, is that at the centerpiece of this work is helping reestablish a worldview, which is an interpretive work. So understand that really as you view that original trauma, that original interpretation will shape your response towards it. So if you have a biblical worldview to help you frame a response, it's going to frame your, your ability to move forward, which provides great hope. So there is a sense in which the Bible frames how you can understand your trauma and that we as biblical counselors are just simply trying to stand up this biblical worldview before people to help them synthesize what took place. And then in light of that understanding, they can now move forward according to what God would have them to do. So I've, I've mentioned the idea of guilt. I've talked about regret. I've talked about uh, sinful anger. I've talked about some of the physiological responses that can come with it. You think of hypervigilance. You think of re-experiencing symptoms. All of that stuff, the Bible helps frame a response. And so what we can do is help reinterpret that original trauma with a biblical worldview. So let's take that from some of the theoretical that we've been uh, talking back and forth about and, and put that into some sort of practice. Let's say, for example, a, a guy comes to you for counsel. He's just endured some legitimate trauma. No one would question the, the experience that he's recently had. And he's consistently experiencing anxieties, even what we would describe as debilitating anxieties, panic attacks, and so on. He's uh, his brain is what we might call foggy. He feels like he can't think thoroughly through issues, and, and he's attributing it to this particular trauma. And let's say he's even compounding the issue right. by okay. uh, coping mechanisms, and he's now moving into drinking as a way to deal with the trauma and so on. Give us some biblical categories that are necessary that help us to think through how we would help this gentleman acknowledging his true issues, but then giving him biblical solutions. Yeah, let's paint with some broad brush strokes to begin with and, and recognize that you know PTSD does this. It does influence cognitive abilities, that there is this brain fog that a lot of those suffering with PTSD would, would say they struggle with. As you think of brain fog, there's not an inherent problem that needs fixing, so to speak, that 
we as biblical counselors are seeking to equip you to respond towards brain fog, but that brain fog in and of itself isn't a, a spiritual issue. So that's one category. That's a worldview that I'm propping up that, hey, brother, you don't have to have a vision of success that says you are like who you were, that we change and some of our capacities change going forward, yet we can still honor God with those capacities even as they change. But now think of the way that that kind of teased out. You think of anxieties, the anxieties leading to substance abuse or towards alcohol. So now it's the way that you're responding towards that brain fog. So if you're responding in a way that you're sinfully anxious or that your anxiety is denigrating the trustworthiness, the sovereignty of God, well, what we're saying is there's a problem that has to change. Matthew 6, Luke 12 would demonstrate that anxiety can't coexist with a right understanding of who, ex- uh, who God is. So we're, we're trying to help him address those anxieties that led from a, a brain fog, and then that ultimately manifested itself in substance abuse. So that, yeah, we would say, obviously, there are things that have to change. The Bible does speak into the language of being a drunkard, but the drunkard was more of a fruit issue, and there are root issues that are taking place. So when you have a biblical worldview, you know what to do with all of that. You know how to synthesize anxieties, brain fog, substance abuse. But if, if you don't have a biblical worldview, you're lost. I mean, you're really going to flounder a bit in terms of how do you make sense of some of these nuanced difficulties. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Dr. Gifford has written a book about PTSD. I mentioned it at the beginning, helping your family through PTSD. For more information on this topic, Dr. Gifford has given a much more extensive explanation on how to help families walk through this difficult issue of dealing with post-traumatic stress. If you want more information about biblical counseling, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.